We give God the glory. Thank you, Lord. We give you the honor. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Shakaria Bastika Bidi. Prosakaya Bashikariantariata. Torosike Bishikoto. Gloria Masaya Bashikatariata. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. We give you the glory, O God. We give you the glory, O God. Gloria, Maria, Gloria, 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 Gloria,
We thank you, Lord God, for just waking us up on this morning. We thank you, Lord God. I know, Lord God, that you brought us here for a reason early in the morning, oh God. God, we just thank you, God, for an early morning glory. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for you just showing up in the midst of us, oh God. Not only as we have walked into this brick and mortar, but God, you have showed up in our lives even as we laid down on last night. You allow us to wake up on today. There's purpose, Lord God, for us today. Show us the purpose in our life for today. What is it that we have to do for you, God, for your glory? God, where do we have to be for your glory? What do we have to do for your glory? Who do we need to be with, oh God, to give you glory? Where do we need to make sure we end up on today, God, for your glory? And Lord God, which should we show up and where we should show up for your glory? Show us, oh God, because everything is for your glory, God. You gave us today, oh God, to get things right, but we couldn't get right yesterday. We're not worried about tomorrow. We're worried about just today because this is the day that you have made and we are rejoicing. We're rejoicing and being glad they're in, oh God. Because God, somebody didn't make it to the land of the living. But Lord God, because we was able to open up our eyes and we were able to walk in this place and walk just getting out the bed, we just give you glory. Come on and just lift up your voices unto the Lord. Pray in your heavenly language. Because the Spirit knows exactly what we need. Don't worry about how you sound. Long as you know you got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit should intercede for you. Your Spirit may be praying for somebody that you've probably never seen, somebody that you never talked to, somebody that you've never even came in contact with. That's why we should always pray with our most holy in our most holy faith and with our with the spirit of god because it lifts up our most holy faith within god wants us to get it back into a place of intercession we do everything so in such a format on sunday mornings there's Everything is from A to B in the program. But God is saying, in this season, he needs us to come before the throne. There's things he wants to say to us in his presence. In his presence, we will find peace. In his presence, we will find healing. In his presence, we will find deliverance. In his presence, we will get questions answered. In his presence. But how we're able to get in his presence by sitting with him, praying, interceding. He wants to speak directly to us. These next 21 days, we're just in a place of prayer. That's why he didn't say from December the 1st through the 21st. He just said 21 days of prayers in the month of December. So you know your 21 days. Hallelujah. What is it that you need God to do in your life? 
What do you need God to do in your life, the life of your family? What about in our government? What about in our school system? What about just in our U.S., the U.S., the other countries? What are we expecting God to do? Oh, just thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you we give you glory, God. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Shikariya Masayamariya Tulu Sakata. Oh Yamashikariya Tariyama Sariya Tulusa. God is saying as we as we get in his presence, he's gonna teach us how to pray. Some people say, Oh, teach me how to pray. Only God can teach us how to pray. Just like he taught his disciples how to pray, how to intercede, how to seek him. Oh, we just give you glory. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Hallelujah, we praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, we thank you. Hallelujah, we thank you, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. He's holy, he's holy, he's holy. 
We send shouts out, hallelujah, all the way over to the Netherlands, all the way over to, believe it or not, we got some people watching from Russia, hallelujah. God is changing hearts, hallelujah. Doesn't matter what we may be in or up against, God can change the hearts of his people, hallelujah, amen. I have something that I need to share with the body of Christ on this morning as the Lord God gave me such a vision, and I have to share this vision because I believe that the Lord God is trying to tell us something, amen, and God always start with us, amen, anytime we stand before God's people and we're ministering the word of God, hallelujah, the word always should prick us first, amen, we're the first partakers of the word that is given, hallelujah, so you may see the men and women of God may be going through a little bit much more because we are given the word to give forth, so sometimes that word come to test us, to test us, to make sure that we're lined up right, hallelujah, amen, and glory to God, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you as you decrease me that you may increase, allow the Holy Spirit to speak, as I decrease myself on this morning, amen, and glory to God. The vision that the Lord gave me, he told me to share with the body of Christ. In the vision, there was, I was driving, and as I was driving, there was a young man behind me, and the young man was on, um, either it was a motorcycle or a bike or something, but it had to have speed, because a car has a, has speed, and a bike is not as fast as a car, amen, so it had to be something like a motorcycle, a motorbike, something, and as he was on the bike, when we know what's going on, not just in Cincinnati, but all over, you hear about gun violence, you see about the different shootings in schools, and, and just um, stores, and just so much gun violence, but I was actually in the crossfire, amen, as I was driving and looking out my rearview mirror, hallelujah, the guy that was behind me, he was shooting the gun, he was not shooting the gun at me, but he was shooting the gun, hallelujah, and in, while I was in the car, I was like, Lord, this is not good, because bullets can fly and go anywhere, amen, and everybody was walking up and down the street and cars on each side, and I was praying, saying, Lord, don't let these bullets hit anybody, and then after I was, after I came from looking out of my rearview mirror and seeing this, the Lord God transitioned me into another scene. And in that scene, I was behind the pulpit and I was preaching. And in my preaching, I was speaking about faith. And in faith, I began, God bless you, apostle. I began to ask the Lord God, Lord God, what do you want me to tell your people about faith? And as I was speaking, hallelujah, the Spirit of God began to minister to me and say, you know what, in faith we need to also learn to put down our problems and put the guns down. Hallelujah. He just had me say, put the guns down. Not knowing that guy that was in, hallelujah, that was behind me shooting, came into the sanctuary. Come on now. He came into the, now, how would he even know that that was me? How would he even know where I was located? He was sitting there, and I was preaching the message. He said, excuse me. He said, do you know me? I said, no, I've, I've never seen you. But in my mind, I knew that it was the young guy that was behind me shooting. But, you know, he said, are you sure you don't know me? Because it's like you're speaking about me. And instantly, the Spirit of God began to reveal to me, and he said to me, he said, as you begin to say Put the guns down by faith. Also, your next word, your next words have to be very 
careful with your next words because your next words can either bring him to salvation or move him away from salvation. Because a lot of times the men and women of God begin to use the pulpit to preach against individuals hallelujah and you don't know what it took for them to come into the sanctuary you don't know what it came took for them just to step into the god's presence when they were already in such a dilemma or in a situation in life where they felt like giving up or they were doing wrong so um, I did not identify him because I did not want to put him on the spot, amen, because even though I may have faith and be able to accept him being in that room, but other people may have begun to fear, amen, because, you know, anytime you see guns and you see that, people try to sway away from that, or they always accusing somebody, or they take our past and keep our past before us, so I had to be very careful, very, it was very vital that I did not, did not reveal who he was. But I knew by the Spirit of God that God sent him there for a reason. And I believe that he even began to have a little trust in God. Because when I did not reveal it was him, come on now, and let him feel safe. Come on. God is saying people is coming into the house of God and they need to feel safe. They need to feel like they can confine into those that God will put before them. And I said, Lord, and I even called Apostle and said, okay, I got to give you the revelation of the dream that I had. And he said, we're going to pray, we're going to pray. And I said, okay. And as God began to speak to me more about the revelation, he also warned me. He said, no matter what, never reveal over the pulpit to hurt somebody. What they come and share is in confidentiality. Because it will either make them or break them. I said, wow, now that's a revelation because people are coming in. You know, people ain't showing up in the building no more because everything is online. Everybody is so comfortable. And then some people are just hurt. Some people is really hurt and they don't know who they can confine it to because they ran to the prophet over here. They ran to the prophet over there. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. She ran out of money. They ran out of money. They kept giving them the same words. People don't know who to trust. You come into church, it looks like the world. It sounds like the world. Nobody don't want to pray no more. Everything is form, it's like a formality. You go through this, okay? We come in, we read the scriptures, we, we sing a song, we do this, we do this. We're going to get in the world, we're going to do scripture. But the Holy Spirit can change it up. It don't have to be always in order. That's when you know the spirit of God is in the house. Because he can switch it up. So the Lord said we need to be careful. And this just don't go for men and women of God behind the pulpit. Because your pulpit can be in, on your job. People can confine into you on your job. Somebody begin to talk to me and say, you know, the big boss. Begin to confine it to me. Now the big boss confined it to an employee, but he knew that he could trust them. So we got to be careful on what we say, what we reveal, what people say. That dream was so prophetic. It was. Because they're putting down the guns. They're putting down the gossip. They're putting down 
the things that everybody else is saying, no, they're not going to do what they are. And they're going to need a place to run to. Are we going to have open arms to accept them? They're putting, come on, they're putting down their depression. They're putting down their stress. It's not just always drugs. Stress and depression, oppression, grows them into drugs. They're putting down their drugs. They're coming in as they are. Are you going to tell them, no, you got to put on your head, you got to put on your heels? No, come as you are. Come as you are. Come decent in the order. The spirit would teach us. And women, we must teach them. But we teach them in love, like the mothers told us. They didn't come and say, honey, your skirt's too small. Come on. They just come, baby, how you doing? Just come and lay. They dig across your leg and still be clapping and loving on you. Nowadays, it's like, mm, you see, mm. no, we can't do that. You don't know what it took them just to come in. They was about to jump off the bridge. They was about to overdose. People is riding around crying in their car. They don't know what to do. So we got to be alert even when we're driving. When we're getting out of our car, somebody be sitting in the parking lot crying. The Spirit of God will give you wisdom. You're just going to walk past them. You don't have to walk up on them because you don't know. But you can stand at distance and just get their eye contact. Either they're going to say yes or no. Keep the door closed. Keep the door closed. And you just release you ask. You don't know just ask is they okay with something that can help them. So I wanted to be obedient and given that because the Lord is saying we have to be careful when they're coming in. And then he, that's why he said we're, we're, we're training where we're going back to leadership training. You can't teach a person how to be an apostle. You can't teach a person how to, no, 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 those are gifts. The Holy Spirit only can teach you those gifts. But the Lord God can equip us to help us teach on how to activate and how to work those gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to us through his word. Because after people have gotten ordained, they no more leadership training. They just go, start a church, and that's it. They don't do a continue. I'm a bishop, been bishop 30 years. Okay. But time change. God's word doesn't change, but time, people change. The way we did technology 10 years ago is not the same now. Facebook is not the, the best the platform now. All of, you know, it's good. But the way that people are misusing it, it's a platform to really to, to, to bring hope to somebody. We put everything out there. And then when the prophet comes, they like, oh, I know he or she a prophet. Because they come and tell you everything, but they don't look on Facebook. They don't sit in a room of gossip. Don't you know people just come to sit under gossip? To come and say, I'm a prophet in A, B, and C? That's why the Lord is saying that I need for my people to have, be more discerning. Have the spirit of discernment so that you can discern good from evil. You can discern the wolves and the sheep. Because even the elect been fooled 
those that have been walking with God, moving with God, so they, they have been what? Deceived. The word tells us that even the elect would be deceived. We're not perfect, but as we pray and we ask the Lord God to keep us, he'll keep us. He'll lead us. And when you're walking in ministry, I'm going to tell you something. You ain't always in a crowd. Sometimes it's in the wrong place, especially if you're not like Mary. Even being married, sometimes you seclude yourself, you know, in the presence of God. But I'm saying, ministry, God will have you secluded because he needs to speak. He needs to use, like, is there a one? It's just one that I can speak to that will do what I say. Amen. Hallelujah. So we just give God the glory. Amen. We welcome everybody. God bless you, Apostle, for being here. God bless you. Evangelists, hallelujah, God bless y'all. We continue to pray for everyone. We continue to lift up um, my daughter, Christine. She was on her way, but she, the Lord got her a car, but we got her coming. Amen. So we thank God for help on the way. Amen. So we thank God for that. Amen. So we just give God the glory. Hallelujah. And we're just moving into, we're in the month of December, 21 days of prayers. But it's any 21 days you pick, right? We're just praying 5 a.m. prayer. So 5 a.m., we're getting up for an hour. Now, we're not coming on Facebook. We're not coming on the podcast. We're not coming on a, on a prayer line. We're not coming on Zoom. God said that this is a personal encounter. This is something you, he wants us to do personally. He wants us to get up at 5 a.m. and pray. You can pray for an hour. You can pray for two hours. You can pray for 20 Get up 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Some of us, okay, we work. Some of us, we don't work. So 5 a.m. may be a struggle, but 5 a.m. is a sacrifice. 5 a.m. and let's intercede. Let's pray in the spirit and allow the spirit of God to pray for us. So 21 days we're praying. We're praying. We're praying. Hallelujah. Like they say in in, in tree, we put papaya, papaya, meaning pray, pray. So we're praying. Hallelujah. So we're praying, and we got a lot of other men and women of God all over that we're connected with. They're doing their um, 21, 31-day prayers and fasting, amen. So it is just a, because, you know, going into the new year, we're praying and seeking the Lord, asking the Lord the direction that he will have us to go for 2023. But how many of y'all know that 2023 is going to be the best year of our life? I mean, the best year of our lives, amen. We just came out of 2020. And it wasn't even the worst year of our life. It was just a life of change. It was an interpersonal experience because we had to deal with ourselves. Being locked down, locked down, we had to look in the mirrors ourselves. Come on. We had to deal with our own inner feelings, our own inner emotions, things that we couldn't go to our coworkers and talk about. People, no, we had to deal with that stuff ourselves. Even though they say we on lockdown, shut down because COVID-19, but I believe it was a shutdown, lockdown spiritually. Because we had to do an inventory on ourselves. Because in order for us to get into 2023, we had to deal with 2020 and every year before that. Because we've been carrying baggage and baggage and baggage. You know, when you move, you take your bags with you, you take your totes with you. You know, we used to pack in boxes. Now we switch to totes. 
much easy way to move, right? Because you can, you know, you can clear what you can see what's what. Boxes, you gotta worry if it rain. But now totes, you can leave stuff in it. Totes, pack up the totes, put it to the side. Totes, totes. Amen. God said, no, you're not taking all that with you. You go 2023. We're going into something new. We're going into something, not just saying easy, but new. Meaning that when we get there, we're going to know what we need to do. No more wondering, what do I need to do? No more wondering, where do I supposed to be? Where I supposed to be positioned? But we're going to know. Because we're going to stay in the face of God. We're going to continue to intercede. You know, prayer is very vital. Prayer is not something we call at the end of the year. Prayer is every day. The Bible says pray without what? Ceasing. Meaning that prayer, when we wake up, pray. When we lay down, pray. When we're walking, pray. When we're driving in our car, pray. Pray, pray. You know, it's like it's just in you. You just pray. You just It's just something part of you. You know, being part, when um, when I met Apostle Joe, Unlimited Grace Prayer Ministry, just look at the name, Unlimited Grace Prayer Ministry. Unlimited Grace in Prayer Ministry. And it was just so funny how the Lord began, because I was always a woman of prayer, but not that type of prayer. Hallelujah. Just regular, nice, Heavenly Father, I love you. You know, those type of eloquent prayers. But I'm talking about really praying. Praying, praying. Hallelujah. Getting into that place and praying and coming against and pulling down strongholds. Hallelujah. Um, Pastor, could you give me some tissue? Amen. Hallelujah. I was about to go into it, as you can see. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And I remember the Lord has spoken. He said that he's about to take my prayer life to another level. You know, the Lord God releases prayer mantles on us. And I didn't realize the, 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 the um, thank you. I didn't realize, hallelujah, that it was already in me. You know, sometimes we don't know what's in us until we connect sometimes to those that God will divinely connect us with. They can't anoint us, but what God uses, he uses that same anointing and fire that is come through them to activate what's in us. Amen. So what happened is when you hear the spirit of God, your spirit begins to what? Connect to the spirit of God. And you begin to what? Be activated. It's like a battery. When a battery is dead, it won't do nothing. The car won't start. Nothing will move. But soon when it gets some juice, first thing come on what? The lights come on. First thing come on, everything in the dashboard come on. You have not even started the ignition, but everything start coming on. It's just like that. It's like the spirit of God, it just comes on. And it just begins to move. And then when you crank that baby up, boom, 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 you ready to go. It's like fire. Amen. And then sometimes the fire can be so submerged down. We can, the Lord have anointed us. Amen. He have anointed us, you know, but at the end of the day, sometimes our fire it is not out, but it be submerged. It be, you know, suppressed. That's the word suppressed. The, the fire begin to be suppressed because sometimes we're connected to the wrong anointing. We're in the wrong place. 
connected to the wrong relationships. That's why it's very vital that we connect to the divine. Who do God wants us to connect with? Where do God want us to connect? When? It's vital. Because we can connect at the wrong time. See, it wasn't time for me. God had me already had my sisters all the way from all the way um, from um, um, Gambia. And also, I had some um, other sisters and brothers from Senegal like 20 years ago, not knowing he was continuing to connect me to Ghana, to other out uh, international ministries. I didn't know the international ministry that he had already birthed in me. I was being connected. But in, in their culture, they wasn't, most wasn't Christians. They were Muslims. So God knew that down the line, as he began to what move me and connect me because of the previous what relationship that I had. Once he got done with me, he was going to what send me what back. Come on now. And they will want the Holy Spirit, not me. Because they always say, what's the Holy Ghost? They always ask, well, what's the Holy Ghost? And when they begin to ask that, you know I go off, right? Holy Spirit, you want Holy Spirit? Hey, Holy Spirit, they want you. Not saying, oh, we want to become Christians yet. No, that's not what they said at that time. So I'm not trying to convert them. The Holy Spirit will convert them because they call on what? Holy Spirit, hallelujah. When they call on Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will what? Do the work. He will do the work. Amen. Just like Saul, he hated the Christians before he became what? Paul. Come on now. He wasn't calling on Jesus. He said, why y'all keep talking about this, Jesus? But because they kept saying Jesus, he began to what? Have that in his hearing. Okay, you don't believe me. Go to chapter 9 where we're going to go at. Acts chapter 9, because God called his name. And he said, yes, Lord. Paul said, Lord, when he was a Lord to many. So I'm saying, Holy Spirit, when you say Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit would do everything. Amen? Because the Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit has what? Power. Holy Spirit has authority. Holy Spirit is God. He said, I will leave you a what? Comforter. We got nice comforters at home. Not a hundred thread, maybe a five hundred thread, right? It's a difference. The thread is a difference, right? I didn't know that. I just thought a white um, down comforter was just nice and white. Until I felt the texture. You got the hundred threads that's light. And the feathers will come out after you wash it. Then you got the what? 500 or more thread where it's plush. And you got to really take that to an almost a dry cleaner because it's so, it won't go in the washer dryer, right? So it's a little bit more what? Supportive. More, more comfort. That's what I'm talking about. Stronger. Holy Spirit, I'll leave you a comforter. I 
will comfort you what? In the midnight hour. I will comfort you when nobody wants to be bothered with you. Because, you know, people will just use you. They will just come when they want something. They will just come when they just feel it just in their meaning to come to benefit them. But sometimes you need somebody to come in your benefit. Sometimes you need somebody to come maybe outside the hour. And I ain't talking about that one type of hour. I'm talking about really need some comfort. Not that old Philios comfort or that Erios comfort. I'm talking about that agape comfort. It's a difference. We got to understand the different types of love. I'm talking about the agape, God. That type of comforter who will comfort us in the midnight hour. Who will comfort us when everybody has what? Walked out on us and let us down. He will comfort us when we have what? Even done wrong. He will get us, try to get us back what? On the road of what? Straight. Okay, y'all believe me? That's the road he said. So long. He said, you going on what? Straight world. Simple. I ain't got to talk in parables to you, Saul. I know you smart. One of the best. So you about to go on what? The straight road. Meaning you about to get it straight. No more crooked stuff. Because where I'm about to take you, the disciples ain't never been. Because he went up in glory. Come on now. He went up. That's why he had the throne, the throne in his sight. So that the grace could be what's sufficient. So he could not be more high-minded. He, he experienced things so pathetically and spiritually more than the disciples because the disciples, what, were so familiar with Jesus because, what, they walked with him. Paul only knew him by what spirit. It was the spirit that came upon him. That's why what, he went blinded because he had to take what, the blinders off. He had to take the scales off his eyes of religion and tradition, the ways of the Pharisees and Pharisees. He had to be made over. That's why he didn't go straight with the disciples. He had to go to Arabia. Come on now, where he was being, what, equipped? The Spirit was what? Come on! God will put us away for a season to get us prepared and ready. But sometimes we just want to just go. Sometimes we just want to get out. No, God is saying, I need to keep you in a quiver. A quiver is a case. Before we go to the book of Acts chapter 9, I need for us to go. Let's read Isaiah 49. And then we're going to end it in Acts 9. Because I just want to encourage somebody on this morning. Amen. Not only with the word of God, but I want to encourage you with what God is speaking on this morning. To let you know that he has kept you in a quiver for a time as this. And the reason why he had to keep you in that quiver as a time as this is because he needs to make sure that you hit the bull's eye. Amen. Because some of us is missing it. Because we've come out of the quiver too soon. Amen. The book of Isaiah 49, um, verse 49 said, listen, all coastlands to me. And take heed, you people from afar. Dear Holy Spirit, we thank you for this word. Decrease me that you may increase. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you continue to speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
It says, listen, old coastlands to me, and take heed, you people from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He was made mention of my name. First of all, Isaiah is saying, the Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix. Come on, women. The womb, hallelujah, is on the outside of the matrix. The matrix is something that's inner. It is the core. Hallelujah. The matrix is what everything go on up in there. That's where the baby is connected to the umbilical cord. That's where all the things far as the, the baby being just formed in, in, in the womb, in the matrix, the sack, the air, you know, where it is comfortable, where they're, 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 they're able to breathe, they're able to, 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 to move around, to grow. So the baby is not out the womb because if the baby comes out of the womb, meaning coming out of the sack, come on, it can lose its what? Life. It can lose its breath because inside the sack is what keeps it what? Safe. Inside the sack is would allow the baby to what begin to form amen so it's inside of the um, um, um womb the womb the matrix the matrix and then the womb the womb is outside of the matrix amen and then outside of the matrix i mean excuse me the womb is what we see is the stomach as it begin to grow and as it begin to get bigger but then when the water breaks come on with the matrix amen have gotten full amen it cannot hold the baby no longer what happens is the matrix meaning the umbilical cord that's connected to the baby and the mother hallelujah after all is receiving its food its nutrients its oxygen everything the, the water begins to seep through the matrix and the and that sack and it begins to what bust and the water begins to come out now the baby is ready to come out the matrix into the womb and the womb is now need to come where the baby is now ready to come out hallelujah through the cervix amen to come into the world but a lot of times some babies hallelujah have to go into an incubator amen because maybe um it was a, a premature the baby did not receive all the nutrients and things that it needed so it was born sooner than what it was supposed to be born but it goes into an incubator and in that incubator it still received the same thing that it would receive in the matrix amen but what happens is and not only is it inside the body now it's outside the body so the parents can begin to what visit the baby inside of the incubator they can hold the fingers of the baby they can see the baby growing but you can't see the baby growing while it's inside the matrix because it's inside the woman but at the same time once it get old enough or get to a place where it can begin to breathe on its own and move on its own then it begins to be off of the ventilator off of all of the other things that is connected to and now it's able to breathe it's able to receive the oxygen from the air and able to look around and begin to, to move. That is just that same baby that is inside of us. God wants that vision to begin to be birthed out. He don't want that vision to be premature. He don't want that vision to, to, to be left or kicked to the side because there's somebody that need what you have but a lot of times we continue to keep that baby in the incubator and what happens is it outgrows the incubator and by the time that it outgrows the incubator come on now now it done lost its flavor amen it have lost hallelujah the way that he knows to do things and now discouragement come and not only discouragement
hasn't come. Here come the enemy telling you, you can't or you're not called to this. But I come today to confirm to you that not only you called to this, but you're built for this. You're anointed for this. And because you're built and you're anointed for this, God has given us a second win. God has given us a second chance to come up out of that incubator and to fulfill his purpose and his destiny that he has given unto us. Amen. Because we're no longer, hallelujah, in the womb, in the matrix. But we have come out. And because we have come out, now he wants to make our mouth as sharp as a sword. What are you talking about? Well, sword international. We're talking about the word of God. We only talking and preaching the word of God. We're not coming with no fables, no genealogy, or no other things that we may have wrote in the book that we have wrote. We're coming out of the book of life. We're coming out of the King James, the Amplified, the NIV, whatever version that the Lord gives us, it's still God's word. He's making our mouth as sharp as the sword. That's why the word of God got to be not only in your mouth, but it got to be in your heart. It got to be in your spirit because when you begin to speak the word of God, people are going to be made whole. People are going to be made not only whole, but they're going to come to truth. See, you don't have to argue with nobody about truth. When the word of God is on it, glory to God. Not only would they get truth, but they would be transformed, reformed. Hallelujah. So that's why God is making our mouth as sharp as a sword because he said that it's time out for the mouths, hallelujah, of lions that's been lying and lying, mouth of lions that have not been giving people God's word, but it has been crushing their spirit, it's been crushing their heart. But he said that he come on today to let you know he's going to make our mouth so sharp as a sword that when we begin to speak the word of God, people going to be healed and delivered and made whole. They're not just going to be delivered, but they're going to be made whole. They're going to want more of God's word. They're going to thirst for God's word. They're going to run after God's word. They're going to do everything for God's word. It's going to be God's word, hallelujah, versus our word. It's now our word versus God's word. No, it's going to be God's word versus our word because he is making our mouth as sharp as a sword. He says, in the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. Why have God hidden us? Because he do not want people to mishandle us. Because what will happen is we will begin to depend on people and not God. We will, we will depend on people calling our name instead of God knowing our name. It's a difference between God, hallelujah, knowing our name and people just calling our name. Because when God knows our name, my God, we can call him to heaven and things have to happen. We can call him to heaven and heavens have to open. We can call him to heaven and things have to move. But when people call our name, nothing moves. When people call our name, nothing happens. When people call our names, matter of fact, they may call the wrong name. And it may discourage us. It may move us. But when God knows our name, not only do he know it, but he begins to call it. And when he begins to call it, things got to move. Come on now. He had to hide us because he did not want the enemy to shatter us. He did not want the enemy, hallelujah, to take a hold of us. So sometimes we want to be out in the front when God says, no, I got you in the back. Because I don't want you to get all the glory. I need the glory. He said, I don't want them to call your name. I need them to call my name. He said, the reason why I got you here is because I want to use you as a time that I call. Not a time that's now, but a time that I call. Because when I call the time, the time is going to be now. But a lot of times we move out of the hidden place to come into the crowd, to come into, come on, the cliques. We want to be part of the cliques. God said, I'm not part of a clique. Jesus was not part of the clique. He was not part of them. 
to go. They always try to trip him up, but he did not lose his cool. He just kept on telling them, I'm about my father's business. You got to be about your father's business, not busy. We say we busy, but the word busy to me is being under Satan's yoke. That's right. I'm a woman of antonyms and synonyms. Busy being under Satan's yoke. We're not busy because we're not under Satan's yoke, but we are about our father's business. When you're about your father's business, glory to God, you won't be busy, hallelujah, but you will be, hallelujah, moving according to the will of God because God has hidden us at a time as this. He made uh, us a polished shaft, glory to God. I'm in the word, Isaiah 49. He made us as a polished shaft, meaning that he had to polish us. He had to put us on the potter's wheel. I don't know about you, but he spun me. Uh, I don't know how many times he's still spinning me, glory to God. See, when you on the potter's wheel, God will continue to um, spin you over and over. Come on now. There's something called residue. Residue is those little particles that you don't see. It's like the little molecules in the air that we don't see. You know, they say when you begin to cough, you don't see those little things that can cause other people to get sick because it moves and it travels. Hallelujah. It's such a far distance. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. God said that on this day, that he is polishing us, making us a chef. He's taking off the old and letting the new shine. A lot of times we feel like we have arrived. I've been saved for 50 years. I've done this for 70 years. I've done this for five years. It doesn't matter the years. Hallelujah. The thing is, you got to be ready to die out daily. We have to die out to this flesh. No more flesh. It's all spirit. We always want it to be about us, our wisdom, our knowledge. It's nothing but dung, but we have to go with the spirit of God, the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, because when we go with those attributes, it's God. It is the attributes of God, his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, glory to God. That's why he have hidden us. That's why he have polished us as a shaft. See, anytime you take, I don't know, I don't know anything about guns, I don't know anything about bullets or anything like that, but I do know that people that specialize in their favor, hallelujah, rifle or whatever, hallelujah, they polish it, huh? They make it really nice, huh? Or they may even take a piece of china, a piece of china you put in your china cabinet. You gotta make sure that that china is clean. You're not gonna throw it in your sink like a Rubbermaid cup. A cup you gonna just throw in a sink. But a piece of china, you can't throw it in a sink. Matter of fact, you gotta be careful even how you rinse it. You can't just rinse it in hot water. You gotta rinse it in warm water because it may crack. But a, ru- a Rubbermaid cup, you can do it in hot water. You need to do it in hot water because the thing that's at the bottom of the cup needs to come out. But in a, a china glass, you're going to clean it with warm water, but you're going to do it with care. You're going to wash it really nice and gentle, and you're going to rinse it out, and then you're going to even dry it. Nowadays, we don't dry the dishes. Come on, y'all. We just shake them a little bit and throw them in the cabinet. But back in the day, you had to dry the dishes. Amen. That's why they had dish towels. Come on. They had paper towels. They had dish rags for a reason. We had to wash the dishes, dry them. We didn't have a dishwasher. We 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 was the dishwasher. Hallelujah. We had to wash the dishes, dry the dishes, and put the dishes up. We could not leave the macaroni pan until the next day. No. We didn't have SOS pads. We didn't have scrubbers, but we had a spoon. Come on now. We will scrape. Come on. Scrape, 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 and get it all the way to the end. Come on now. And Grandma had that one type of bristle paint, um, pan. And get, uh, You couldn't leave that pot for next week. You couldn't leave that pot for your brother and sister. You had to clean that pot 
on your Sunday. You know, Sunday dinners, you had the one pots that had the food that stick to the bottom. Come on. Nowadays, you throw things in the dishwasher. And if it don't get clean, we just throw it away. Back then, we didn't have an opportunity to throw it away. We didn't have money like that to throw it away. Everything now is such a microwave world. We just throw it away. God said, now I'm tired of my people throwing away me. You cannot throw God's word away. You need God's word. God's word is in your breath. God's word is your life. God's word is everything. Because without God's word, you have nothing. Without God's word, your faith, hallelujah, is being wavered, being tossed to and fro. Hallelujah. Without God's word, you have no power. Without God's word, you have no authority. Without God's word, you have no life. Without God's word, you have no healing. Without God's word, you have no deliverance. And without God's word, you don't have a real job. Come on now. Because that job will leave you. That job will fire you. But God will always be with you. Because we need God's word. Because God's word is God. God's word is God. That's why we need God's word is God. In the beginning was what? The word. And the word was? And the word is? Was God. Meaning that it was then, now, and forever. Hallelujah. Is that right, prophet? What you got to say? The prophet asked. Hallelujah. I'm just saying. So he said, Polish the shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. Every time I read this, the quiver, I always just research quiver. It's a case. Quiver is a case. So he hid me in a what? Case. When you displace something, you display a what? In a case. Because what? You don't really want anybody to touch because it's what? It's like antique. It's fragile. We're like antiques. We're fragile. So God had hidden us for a time as this. So know that the reason why you're where you're at today it's because God has hidden you in his quiver for a time as this. You have been hidden for a reason. He said, in his quiver, he has hidden me. Hallelujah. And he said to me, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. And then Isaiah said to him, now God is saying, I had to put you in the quiver. I had to I had to make your mouth as sharp as a sword. I had to polish you as a shaft for my glory. But to Isaiah, it was pain. To Isaiah, it was too much. I always tell people it's always in the making. You receive the breaking, you receive the anointing. It's in the making. Do you think I'm standing here today because this was passed down through my grandfather? No. I didn't have a grandfather in the in the, in the church. I didn't have a grandmother. My, my father's great-grandmother played the piano. But I didn't have a family to pass it down. It was in the pain. It was in the struggle. It was in everything. But God called me. He called me to glorify him. It was in the pain. It was in the hurt. Oh, apostle, who taught you how to pray like that? Pain? Who 
is in the pain, in the middle. The middle. What's the middle, woman of God? That middle, we don't see nothing. They always talk about the light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm not at the end. I'm in the middle. And it's pain in the middle. Nobody is with you in the middle. Nobody can guide you in the middle. You can't even guide yourself in the middle. You can't even see yourself in the middle. You don't even like yourself in the middle. But God is in the middle. God is in the middle. God is in the middle. When you know that God is in the middle, it helps you get to the end. Is it a struggle? Yeah. Is it hurt? Yes. But when you get to the end, glory. When you get to the end, my God. When you get to the end, you're going to do just like he said. He said, huh, so in whom I will be glorified. You're going to glorify the Lord. Isaiah said, right here he said, then I said, I have labored in vain. Some of us feel like, excuse me, some of us have feel like, Oh, we have done all this in vain. Nobody is showing up now. I've helped so many people. Is it in vain? I spent all my money. I've went from here, traveled to here. Where is the fruit? Is it in vain? I'm still in a struggle. I thought, I thought it was going to end up being. But he said. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for getting nothing in vain. Yet surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work with my God. What verse, this verse 4, what words stick out to me? Yet. Do you know what yet means? That yet means that it's going to come. You don't know what yet means today. Now you know. Look it up. To come. Yet means to come. Yet means that by faith, I see it. It's not here yet, but yet it's coming in my pain. Yet it's coming in my pressing. Yet it's coming in me moving. But yet, he said, yet surely, many that now he encouraging himself. Surely. Because when God used surely, it means it's happening. Shell and surely means nothing can stop it. Shell and surely is done. Period. They can say what they want. It can look like it won't. What it won't look like. It's done. Yet means that I know it's coming. Surely means that even if it don't come when I think it's going to come, but it's coming. Surely. Yet surely my just reward is with the Lord. Come on now. And then he said, and my work with my God. And now the Lord says, who forced me from the womb to be his servant. To bring Jacob back to him so that Israel is gathered to him. Now go over to Acts 9. Stay right there with me. Then Saul still breathing threats. Verse 1. And murdered against the disciples of the Lord, went to high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of 
Damascus too, that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he may bring them bound in Jerusalem. And he journeyed and came near Damascus and subtly, subtly, they go that subtly, subtly means what? Now. Subtly means what? Now. Suddenly, suddenly, a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Now, when I first read this, long, 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 long time ago, Talk about when I first read it, because I still read this over and over. I'm talking about when I first, the revelation really came on me with this. Now, you hear about Saul, how he just didn't like Christians, how he prosecuted them, found some way. You know, if we hear you preaching about Jesus or talking about Jesus, we're going to throw you in jail. Matter of fact, we're going to kill you. We're going to do whatever we got to do. But we don't want to hear about this Jesus because in his mind, Sadducees, Pharisees have already put in his mind, hey, we don't want to hear about no Jesus. Anytime you're working with somebody, they want you to follow them. Yes or no? They want you to do what they want you to do. They want you to say what they want you to say. They want you to go where they want you to go. Right? So, at the end of the day, he could not even think about, even thinking about this Jesus. But one thing about Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will come on to us when we don't even know it. Holy Spirit will say something to us when we don't even know that he's speaking. When we have a call on our life and Jesus and God have picked us, it's nothing we can do. We can run from the call all day. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to answer that call. You're going to have to say, yes, Lord. Now, you may go through some valleys and you even may go down through some hills. But eventually, one day, one day, you're going to have to answer that call. And he thought he going to just arrest some Christians. On his mind, he said, hey, let me go get this ladder so that when I get to where I'm going, they're talking about Jesus, I'm going to arrest them. What he did not know is God had a plan for him that day. See, this was already in his mind probably that week. I'm going to get some more Christians, bringing them down. I don't want to hear no Jesus. Wait a minute. Now the God is saying, wait a minute. Now he's trying to plan against my people. When really I'm calling him by name. But he don't even know I'm about to change his name. And it's going to rhyme with his old name. <laughs> now how is it going to rhyme with his old name? Because he's going to remember where he comes from. That's why he kept the throne inside. He could have called him John. He could have called him Frank. Why is Paul? Because remember, you used to be Saul. Sometimes we forget where we come from. We forget what God done for us. God done blessed us. He gave us millions. And now we only want to just think about our families. Think about ourselves. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't you want to be a blessing to somebody you don't know? Don't you want to be a blessing to somebody you've never seen? 
in real estate is to be sold, not told. <laughs> that's what they used to say. I'm a licensed realtor. That's what they used to say. But they used to always look at me like, well, why are you always doing some teaching and seminars and workshops? Because I need to educate people. I've been in a place where I didn't know this stuff existed. It ain't about my people. We own people. It ain't no black, white, yellow, green, man, boy, girl, young, old. God's people. It's my people that are called by my name. People need to be educated. Knowledge is power. Truth is power. Because truth is power, and power gives us the authority to what? Gain more knowledge. Gain more wisdom. Gain more what? Understanding. He say, wait a minute. You about to go plan against my people. You got to be careful trying to plan against God's people. You know, I don't have to fight no more. Spiritually. Because all I got to do is say, Lord, you see them? Let them repent. God, I pray that they repent. Because I know how my father feel about me. I know he loves me. Like you know he loves you. And whatever you do to us, you got to deal with our father. That's why I always say, do they know who they messing with? Who they with? Who they with? Do they know who they messing with? They messing with me. They messing with Jesus. That's my father. And anytime you mess with somebody, child, come on. I'm talking about Jesus. He will get us. That's why I'm careful who I mess with. Because we belong to Jesus. So we got to be careful what we say. We got to be careful what we do. Because who would ever thought Saul would have ever said, yes, Lord. Now, he ain't by himself. He got some people with him. And they looking like he ain't never answered to nobody. Everybody didn't answer to him. They probably were stunned. I went there. I went back in BC. I'm just saying. Just give him just my little story about it, right? But they probably was looking and just, wait a minute. Is he talking to himself? Is, is, is Saul going crazy?
It says, I am Jesus whom you prosecuted. It is dangerous and it will turn out badly. Because when you talk about anything dealing with God stuff, you're prosecuting Jesus. You're prosecuting Jesus. It says it would turn your belly for you to keep kicking against the girl, meaning to offer vain and perilous resistance. Trembling and astonished, he asks, Lord, still saying Lord. God will change our words. Even when we don't want them to be changed. Even when we say, I ain't going with that Jesus. I ain't going with those Jesus people. I know the Lord changed me. I used to come down the street in my three-piece nice suit with my Bible. They be like, here come that lady. That church lady. And one day, one day, God said, put on your Tim's. Put on your hat to the back. Put on your white tee and your, or your jeans. And get that car out the garage. They got the 20s on it. And instead of taking your nine millimeter, take the word of God and go down to that corner. And when I pulled up, they was like, dang, who is that? She got, they got 20s. I had 10. And when I got out, Pastor Robin, God will switch it up. Come on now. We ain't got no for God. We just got some swag for Jesus. Like Paul, like, you know, he said, you know, sometimes, you know, to win some, what do we have to do to win some? We have to be, meaning not indulge in sin to get them. But sometimes you have to come dress apart. Jesus wasn't always in suit. You may have to go preach on the corner in some jeans. I know when God changed some of my attire to international clothing, everybody just thought I was from Africa. Until I started talking to them, my accent. Even when I go to Africa, they think I'm from Africa. Don't they possible? But I'm just saying, God changes our attire for us to fit in where he sent us in order for him to get the glory. Amen? For him to get the glory. Trembling and astonished. Saul was trembling. Scared. Astonished me. Woo. Now, I was prosecuting them Christians. In front of the Pharisees and Pharisees. And, and like I'm so big and bad. Now that the Lord is on the scene. Come on. It's different. When God began to deal with you, it's different. You will know when it's gone. You will tremble and be astonished. And you may have never said Jesus, but you will begin to say Jesus, 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 Jesus. And that's what we say to get the Holy Spirit, Jesus, Jesus, Hallelujah. You won't be able to stop saying Jesus. And then it says, do you desire me to do? It says, trembling and astonished, he asked the Lord, what do you? Hold on. Ain't, ain't Saul in charge? I'm just saying. <laughs> Hold on. Wasn't he in charge? Wasn't he was in charge in the world? But now it's all spirit. 
the spirit is in charge, flesh got to die. When spirit is in charge, you gotta die. No choice. You can keep on bucking up against it, but you can guess what? It's gonna keep on hitting you until you stop and yield. The reason why this is not happening for you is because you are walking in disobedient. You keep saying it's the devil. They don't like me. No, it's God. Because you are disobedient. When you are disobedient, God knows how to put a stop to everything. He will stop your finances. Come on. He will stop some things. And we will keep on saying it's the devil. It's my cousin. It's that one devil with the big eyes. I'm just saying. And it's God. Trying to get our attention because he's trying to take us to something bigger and greater. God is saying in 2023, I need you to ask me to do something I've never done. Hey, I felt that thing right there, my God. I felt that thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I felt it because I got a lot of asking. I ain't talking about some little mediocre stuff. Stuff that haven't been done. Praying, asking me, enlarge my coast, enlarge my 
you going to use my people? When is my people going to be used? The gifts have to work what collectively in order for the body of Christ to what? Move. What do you desire me to do? Come on, that came from Saul to his Lord. What do you desire me to do? Come on. He says, the Lord said to him, but arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Amen. Here it says in the city. And then it says, and then it says, then the men who accompanied him were not able to speak. Like you said, just mute, scared, in terror. Wait a minute. We don't heard the Lord. We don't came in. We had an encounter with Jesus. If we go back, we don't have to let them know Jesus exists. Jesus is real. These Christians, y'all saying just Christians, that's, no, he's real. We heard his voice. He said, the men were accompanying him, were unable to speak in terror, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. What do you do in a closed season? When you hear nothing, when you see nothing, then all of a sudden you hear and don't see. Do you know the voice of God? There's three voices, God, the devil, and you. Do you know God's voice? So if you're in a season and you don't see nothing, but you hear a voice, are you able to discern which voice it is? Are you able to discern which voice it is? Are you? That's something. That's a, that's something you need to answer. Now, don't answer with me, because in this time and season, 2023, you gotta be able to distinguish the voices that you hear, because there's gonna be many voices, and if you listen to the wrong voice, it is going to destroy your destiny. It is going to destroy your vision. It is going to destroy the walk that you have to walk in God if you do not, if you're not able to distinguish the voices. If you don't know the difference between the voices that you hear, you got to know the voice of God. You got to know God's voice because yourself can tell you to do something and God ain't told you to do it. God ain't told you to go there. We're going because everybody else is there. What happened if God bring you a place with nobody but God is saying, this is where I'm going to teach you some things. This is where I'm going to show you some things. But then you're going to leave there and then I'm just going to, you're going to explode. Or God put you in a place where there's many and he's telling you, stay focused on me. But because ones are going this way and ones are, some are going that way and you're the only one sitting in the middle, are you going to decide which group to go to when God is telling you to just sit there in the middle? Sometimes we just want to feel, have a sense of belonging. We want to belong somewhere. We want to belong to somebody. Belong to God. We need to just belong to God. Not just people and things. Because God is doing something with us. See, it's in that alone place, that place of being alone where God speaks to us. Sometimes he speaks to us when there's other people around, like in this case, there were other men around Saul, but God wanted them to witness. This was the witnessing that God wanted them to witness how Saul was what? 
transformed to what? To Paul. So that they can go back and have something to tell the Pharisees and Sadducees. Because guess what? They will listen to them. But they weren't listening to the Christians. Sometimes people ain't going to listen to us. And we giving them truth. But that's okay. The Spirit of God will come upon them. And they will do the same thing. They will be trembling and astonished and say, what do you desire me to do? Amen. And then Saul got up from the ground, but through his eyes were open. He could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, hallelujah. So there we know that when the Lord told Saul to arise, meaning get up, you have been made whole. You have now been transformed. Come on. Now you are on the other side. Because when you arise, you are not beneath where you come from. When you arise, you're coming over something. You're coming over even yourself. You are not who you was when you pulled up, when you showed up. Arise. Matter of fact, I'm about to take you blinded. I don't want you to see nothing. I want you to know this is me. I want you to know it's all me. And then when he got to Ananias, the one who feared Saul, Wait a minute. Hold up. I got to him? Are you sure? God, like, <laughs> he don't kill me. I'm just saying. But God would use any, any of us to do something, just something extraordinary like this. Come on now. He witnessed his transformation. But before Saul could be transformed, he had to what be what? Reformed. That's why the Lord blinded him. See, you can't, people can't be transformed without first being reformed. Because reform takes away what, what's old. It takes away old tradition, old religion, old systems, things that we believe that wasn't God. That was our own dunk. So when we've been reformed, that means all that stuff come out. And then guess what? Then we could be transformed. Because now the renewing of the what? Mind. Now everything old that come out, now we're coming to our mind new. It can stay. It's like a sponge. It absorbs. So transformation begins to transform the renewing, bringing in what's new, what's true. Now we're able to be transformed in order to a transition into the positioning. Not position. The positioning is the positioning into the gifts that God have called us into. The offices and to operate in the gifts to what? Fulfill the work of the what? Ministry. I say to exalt the Savior. To equip the saint and to evangelize the sinner. So now we're able to do those things because our mind has been what? Renewed. The renewing. If a mind has not been renewed, I don't care how much you preach to them, they can't hear you. They're deaf. 
They may, you think they can see you, but they're blind. That's why uh, Paul said, uh, who be we, oh, oh, Galatians, who bewitched you? They were blinded. Because they let them come in and pour all of this false doctrine on them. So not only was they blinded, but they became deaf. They began to just hear what their itchy ears wanted to hear, not what was true. But how could you when y'all knew the, know the truth? They know the truth. So you got to be careful what you allow to go into your hearing. Because that is very vital. Because what you hear allows you to see. Amen. It ain't just what you see is allowed you to hear. No, it's what comes into your ears, what you see. Because you'll begin to focus on what is not good. You don't focus with your ears, you focus with your eyes. Yes or no? You focus with your eyes, not your ears. So it goes in your hearing first, and then you're focusing because you're looking. You're looking, you see. Now you're being led, you need your eyes to see to go where you're going. Not your ears to hear where you're going. No, you need your eyes to see where you're going. You need eyes for your footstep, not ears. Eyes. You're blinded. But I pray on today that God takes the blind shoves off your eyes. That God open up your ears so that you will hear the spirit of the Lord. That the word of God that has been released on this morning, that you receive it with power and demonstration in Jesus' name. Because the Lord God has given us something so refreshing on today not only did he make our mouth as sharp as a sword not only did he keep us in the quiver as a time as this not only did he polish our shaft not only did he carve because he, he even carved us in his hand i mean that right there is so phenomenal how he carved each and every last one of us in his hand Meaning that when he looks at the hand of God goes up, our name is there. We are there in his hand. We're in his hand. The whole world in his hand got the whole world. Why? Because he carved us in his hand. He got the whole universe in his hand. He knows the numbers on our hair. He knows us. He knows us by name. He knows us. It wasn't just when he, when he thought of us, when he, when he, when he, when he, when he mentioned us, he, we had to be just a little speck of thought because he mentioned us. He called us by name. So we thank God for calling us by name. We thank God for calling us by name. Amen. Hallelujah. So we give God the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. You took us another way. Hallelujah. On today. We've been in the book of Ezekiel studying. We're in chapter um, 23. That's our Bible, uh, our Sunday um, Logos morning class. Hallelujah. But today, hallelujah, the Lord took us, hallelujah, because he wanted us to know that we have not done what we have done in vain. But he wants to get the glory out of everything we have done, all the pain we have accomplished during during us doing what he had called us to do know that that pain is shining down onto us like blessings and rain hallelujah he turning that pain into a blessing and rain hallelujah 
Hallelujah. He turned that pain into a blessing of rain. Hallelujah. So we thank God for the blessing of rain. We thank God for him sharing his blessings. We thank God for sharing his love. We thank God for more discernment. We thank God for his spirit. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you today. We give you the glory. We give you the honor, oh God. We magnify your name. We thank you, oh God, that you have come and met with us. Not only have you met with us on this morning, but you continue to be with us throughout each day. We thank you for your glory, just following us, being with us, in us, through us, all around us. Oh, we just thank you for your presence. God, show us more and more how to get into your presence. Show us how to press in. Keep us strong, oh God. Keep us, our mindset on you. Let our trust be in you, stay in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that you have not only increased our faith, but we're going from faith to faith to glory to glory. God, we thank you for, hallelujah, your your children that's here today. Bless them every need that they have. I thank you for blessing them. Even before this week is up, I pray that whatever so their heart desired as they came into this place, God, show them something miraculous. Do something you've never done for them, God, and let them testify unto you on what you have done, oh God. And God, we thank you. We thank you for healing. And those that may know you, but just don't have that relationship with you. Those that know you, Lord God, that has a relationship with you, but have fallen short of your glory. And those that may have never heard of you, God, right now we open up the doors. We open up the doors, Lord God, to the kingdom of God. Because God, we are kingdom people in the mighty name of Jesus. We are your children, oh God. So I pray that even as they are coming to you right now, and they're, I'm 